everyone's a welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are also live streamed and archived by Franklin TV on the Franklin Town Hall TV YouTube channel. Meetings are also shown live and on repeat on Comcast Channel 9 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens are welcome to continue to participate remotely via phone or Zoom. Uh, the link to access the meeting, uh, tonight's meeting, the number is 929-205-6099, and you need to enter the meeting ID, which is 886-7361-1781, then you need to hit the pound sign. Once again, the meeting ID, is 886-7361-1781 pound. Uh, participants are remoted, uh, muted upon entry into the Zoom platform and will not be able to unmute themselves without permission from our Zoom host. Uh, okay, tonight we have one, thank you all for, uh, it's been a while since we last got together. Uh, there's been a few things on the agendas that uh, uh, took a little time to build our, uh, the RFP the way we wanted it, but tonight we're going to review uh, the RFP for the OPM, and again, these acronyms that you kind of you're going to hear a million of them over the next uh, few years, but uh, OPM is Owners Project Manual Man <coughs> Managers. They are the town's eyes and ears for the project from start to finish. Uh, in most cases, we would contract with them for the clerk of the works, as well as uh, them being on board with us as we build what we actually want for a police station as far as what the uh, needs are and they would help us along the way and be there from start to finish so for for me anyway this is probably one of the most important pieces to the project is getting the right owners project manager on board and that's up to us to choose it so tonight what we're going to do i'm going to ask mike in a couple of minutes to uh walk us through the rfp that's written if there's anything that we want to tweak in the rfp we certainly can do that uh after we go through it answer any questions the final piece that we need to add into the rfp are the dates uh, how long the RFP will be on the street, when you know when we want them back, and what's the time frame uh, for the interview process, and what are we going to break it down to? How many do we want to see? How many do we want uh, the administrative team to review? That we want them to bring us three, and then we want them to bring us six. Uh, that's our call. Okay, so with that, uh, Jamie, you want to do a lead-in or you want me to go right to Mike? Go right to Mike. Okay, Mike, uh, take us through. Okay, so three of us worked on this. Um, Pam, Mark Sorrell, our attorney, Pam's our purchasing agent, and myself, and we worked through it and finally met for the last time on Monday, added some more stuff in, changed a few more things, and um, this is what you have in front of you. So, it's, so we introduce, you know, the laws governing construction in Massachusetts, you know, say what everybody is, you know, individual, the OPM project manager. Uh, there's a lot of firms out there that do this. Some are very experienced. There's less today. Some of them have gotten bought out by big firms. Um, but we're just going to put it out there. 
Uh, we give an estimate, which is a rough estimate, of 40 million, uh, somewhere in that. We don't know exactly where, but we will probably OPM services starting in March or April, probably April. We don't even know what we're building. We know we're building a police station, but what we're gonna, how we're gonna build it. We will have an information session. That's a big thing to get everybody. We could, we could have it here. We could have it at the police station in the um, probably in the conference room. We do education because um, then they'll see what you have. We can take them on a tour. You guys can take them on a tour. We'll all walk around. And then we start going into, you know, qualifications, professional engineer, professional architect, registered. You pretty much see everybody really coming into this with a lot of experience. People don't do this, they don't do it well if they don't have a lot of experience in construction. Um, we talk about Pam Vickery, she's our chief procurement officer. She handles everything, sending them, sending them out, putting them on the website. They'll pull them down, keeping stuff after we do the uh, the educational uh, meeting to talk to them all. We'll send more stuff out in the addendums, and then we comment that they'll be part of the interview process when we're interviewing and going through architects. Now, if you go through this, it's just like, so this, whoever they are, whatever firm they are, the person, and the clerk, all of these bullets go through everything they're going to be doing for us. Um, the OPM does cost-based estimating as well as the designer. So when we meet after, you know, going through phases, completing phases, there'll be estimates by the designer and at points there'll be also estimates by the OPM. A lot of OPM firms are actually estimators as well. And that's a, and then they can, Two groups can reconcile, go through the estimates. You know, what did you do? What did you do? Why do you have more on that? Um, and in the beginning, it's very rudimentary because they don't really know. As you narrow down and get more detail, the estimates will mean a lot more and they'll usually come closer and closer together. You have the regular um, schematic, a rough basic of this is what the building's gonna be, how big it's gonna be, more like blobs on paper. Um, you get into design development, you start working out things, engineers start working, designing heating, electrical. Um, you get a much more things worked out in the building. They start doing the documents. There's lots of meeting during um, construction documents to make sure we like what they're doing, um, going through all that, bidding. Um, the OPM does a lot of work during the construction phase. You'll see in the next bullet on page three, the clerk of the works, they hire a clerk provide them for the full construction period. Um, Clark keeps track of things, also does things like when we're pouring concrete, they're coming in and calling the guys in to take samples of the concrete, do break tests, running a lot of the, and there's meetings every week, construction meetings, so as you're going through that, um, everybody, Building a building is really a group of people all working together to make it happen. It's not any one firm or person or just everybody. So everybody leaves every construction meeting with homework. <laughs> and if they don't have the answers by the next meeting, they get grief. Um, 
So, and the, the clerk does a lot of, you know, photos and stuff. The team will show up at, week, at um, monthly building committee meetings, bring reports, pictures, what went on, where we're going, and what we're looking ahead to. So there's quite a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff we asked them to do. But, I mean, they're doing daily construction oversight. The uh, actual project managers probably only there a day a week. Four more is needed. Everything is as needed. But when you go through the next um, two page four, there's a million things. A clerk is, well, that, that the project manager, OPM, is actually required to do. Um, making sure it meets code, building, ADA, fire. Um, so there's a million things you could see in this whole that we require them to be on top of the entire project. Um, including, you know, certified payroll, um, applications for payment that get worked on when you get through the um, at the end of every month. So there's a there's just a million things that'll go on that they're responsible for. So we lay that all out in section four in the beginning. And then when you get onto page five, section five, um, we spell out a few more things about the OPM, the qualifications they need. And then we go into additional information and how we're going to rate them. So everybody here, Tom and I were talking about a little earlier, all these firms will prepare a pretty massive book of um, all their qualifications, all the jobs they've done, resumes of all the people they're proposing to work on the project, from the clerk, project manager, an assistant project manager is usually, because nobody's here, nobody works 52 weeks a year. And this project will roll along no matter what, so there'll be more people from the firm involved in it. So we have submission requirements. Um, it's a DSP or Designer Selection Bureau, and this is mass state law stuff. Uh, that they have to submit. And it has, the required, on the DSP it has every project they've done for the last several years. And that's a document that's also in the state that they keep on every contractor that's doing public work. And they have to keep updating it. So they're gonna be putting that whole package together. So we're gonna get a batch of books that are an inch or two thick, that have all this information. Um, you can read it before you go to bed. <laughs> but you'll find out a lot when you start going through And then this is another law thing that we have to put in is how we're going to evaluate all of this. So the next section, section eight, we go through and tell them, you know, a rate, how we're going to rate them in related experience, advantageous or highly advantageous. So that's the first thing that gets done when we receive all those. It's like got to be run through and just check out the things, you know. How many years do you have? Over the last five years, how many have you done? Experience in two, experience in three. Then you go to extended experience. You know, what have they done? Size of the project, similar projects. Obviously, we're looking for everything's project specific or building specific. So we're looking at people who have done police stations, have done. And people mostly focus on one or two things. Most um, 
I mean, OPMs do a lot of things, but doing a lot of police stations or joint public safety buildings is something that we're looking for. So we go through all that. Team and key staff, that's all in the book. So you get to see who they are. And the construction, like the construction world is a very small world. So all these architects and all these engineers, we've been doing business. If you've been around in Massachusetts working in construction, or, like I've been in Massachusetts working for a really long time, all the names come back around here. Mm -hmm. And they either did a really good job or a really bad job. Um, and it's kind of hilarious when you start interviewing them. People have come in for, I mean, an architect comes in looking for doing an interview and brings an electrical engineer. So we wanted to get rid of on another project and bring them in. And so the architect doesn't get the job. So it's a very, it's a very small world. Everybody knows who everybody else is how well they've done on every project in the past. Because everybody talks about it. I mean, we fill out forms about them, um, the construction company, and that's all required to be sent to the state. And the lady who works for the state right now is really big, you know. Contractors don't want you to give them a bad rating, but Deb, uh, November last name I was called, but she says, be honest. You don't want someone else in the same situation you were just in. So, I could be brutally honest. Or very, you know, we've had a lot of good contractors work for us over the years, so um, that's a good, good thing. Uh, go to the next page nine. A work plan, you know, who's going to do what? How are they going to do it? When are they able to start working? Um, so once we've gone through all this and evaluated them, and this is like a, not a big, not everybody in the world, it's really the, everybody on the committee, the, the really, these are just general things that will get them in the door and get them into an interview. So when you go to number 10, the interviews, an interview will be there, the committee will be here. Um, they'll bring in people, they'll bring in all that people that are gonna work with them. They'll already have told that. But the interview is really where you're gonna come down, because anybody can write anything. Uh, not that they lie in their things, but you're gonna pick someone where you like, who you think will do a good job for you, who you think will work with you. And a lot of things come out at the interview. Um, and some people, you might not know them that well from just reading their, uh, reading the book, but when we were interviewing for the uh, DPW garage and admin, we had three firms come in and firms with more experience we usually schedule later, like the third third interview or something, the least experience, but the first guy got the first firm got up and they built one DPW in Massachusetts in the past five years. Like, yeah, okay. And the next firm gets up and they had built or designed um, five in Massachusetts in the last five years. We thought, oh that's pretty cool. And then the third firm gets up and shows us pictures of 25 DPWs they built in Massachusetts for the last five years. We're like, okay, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> you know, these guys do good. Um, they did a great job on the DPW. It went really well. So that's the big thing. That's when you're you're going to see if you connect, if you believe. Um, interviews can go really well for firms, really bad for firms. If they're not prepared or if they've taken things for granted or if they're not truthful. So, and the rest of it is actually just 
forms. So they're a certificate of non-collusion. They're not working with anyone else. You know, any of the other people involved in the project are colluding to make either themselves or both of their more money. Um, state tax laws, they're paying taxes. Certificate of vote. So we know the people who actually own the company are signing off on this and they're qualified to actually put it in writing. And then when you go to page 11, this is our agreement with them. And it just goes through the scope of services, performance, the term of the contract. Earlier in, we say, from like a notice to proceed to them until the final punch list is completed, all the training's been done, everything that, when a project finishes, they have to train everybody who's gonna be working on the building uh, and people that are in the building, how to use it. They have to provide books, uh, warranty books, operation and maintenance manuals for everything. All the products that were used by every single contractor. And that all has to, that goes through the OPM, they sign off on, you know, that it meets the intent so that we have enough information going forward if we have to, you know, who made that fan? Who is the supplier? How long is it warranted for? Because basically, it's the material warranties that give you more. In Massachusetts, a builder's only required to give you one year of everything, labor and material, which seems kind of unfair to me, but I work for the owner. <laughs> if you just go through that, that's really, it goes through the agreement between the town of Franklin and the OPM and after we pick someone, which is usually after the interviews, everybody will vote on to, you know, have a discussion, talk about what you like, what you didn't like. And um, then this is a non-price proposal. So this is just a qualification space. So you're really picking the person, the one, two, and three who you think would do the best job. And then it's up to Jamie and the, us to like negotiate a price. They come up with a price. And then first you want qualifications. Then if you can't reach, which has happened before on multiple projects, the high school was one of them that didn't have the qualifications. Some of them didn't really have. And then the prices and we ended up picking the third choice. We did not select those choices. Those were actually done by a board MSBA, but we got to where we wanted to do. It's, everything here is like, we have to all do what we think is best, no matter what for the town. And if some other group, like MSBA was one that came up with some crazy things that we weren't gonna, just agree and go along with. Uh, I think we were the first people to throw out the first two architects, but everything works out for a reason in the end. You know, if you truly go through the process, you do the interviews, uh, it will all work. Uh, Mike, uh, just before I ask a few questions, just a couple of quick things uh, so that I want to make sure everybody understands. And the team and key personnel from uh, known as project manager, uh, which is basically going to be, you know, Mike, you know, in some of his conversation was talking about uh, the architect piece, maybe not as, maybe not the OPM piece. The OPM, the OPM is going to, uh, one of the things that, uh, 
and I give Mike a lot of credit. I've worked with Mike on five projects, and uh, he really knows his stuff, and he knows his people, and knows the people that are out there. And it's so important when we're meeting and talking to the uh, people coming forward with RFPs is to have them identify the team that would be working on this project. Because although the firm might be great, you might be getting the new kid on the block as your person for this job. So it's important for us to make sure that we identify when we talk to them, when they're in front of us, who are we getting? Who is going to be our point person for the Franklin Police And uh, to me, that's, that's a really important piece. The other thing I noticed in here, we identified uh, three night meetings for presentations to whether it be talent, well, we know we're going to have one to the town council, maybe to the finance committee, whatever. What we didn't identify is uh, night meetings with this group, because there would be some. And uh, I'm not sure whether we need to or not. Uh, that might be a question, Mike uh, or Jamie, that we talked to Mark about to make sure. My fear is we identified it for one piece, but we didn't identify it for the other. Yeah, okay? Because yeah. we usually have, so every project will have, you gotta meet monthly while you're in construction. You gotta pay bills, you gotta discuss things, you gotta talk about change orders. It just didn't identify day or night. And, yeah. that, and that's, that's the part uh, uh, that I think is certainly important. Uh, for us to make sure that that's laid out. There's no question in their minds when they bring their proposals forward. Okay, sorry to jump in here, uh, but any questions from Mr. DeLarco? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. A uh, couple things. Um, are we going to, the people that we pick, whoever, whoever it may be, are we going to be able to go see police stations that they have done? Yes. I mean, I think that's a, it's a big thing for me. I want to be able to, you know, say, oh, I like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. Or, well, when we yeah. get, when we get to the architect's piece, designer. that's okay. the, the designer. No, I just, I, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. And it's important. And obviously we would go to, and in most cases, our OPM would be setting up those uh, meetings and walkthroughs right. so that we would get the opportunity to walk through the different police stations that the architects have built. But that's, that's again why for me an OPM is very, very important because they're such an integral part of the building and the beginning of the process and helping us as a committee to get through and walk through a project that maybe not everybody has been in the construction world and knows one thing from it. Like uh, I know when it comes to when we're when we're talking about uh, design pieces, Michael is going to demand that we have certain mechanicals a specific mechanical uh, piece that he has in every building in the town. But that's a required, that's something that we put into it to make sure that we get what we want. Am I correct, Michael? Yes. So we make a lot of things proprietary because in all our buildings, you want the same hardware, the same locks, same HVAC control systems. Things that we've used a lot of times that we know are the best in the industry that will last. The hardware on the doors in here, the keying, everything, so that 
we only have to stock one product. Right. It's still competition because somebody has to put it in. We're not telling them who. They just have to be qualified to put it in. But we want a product that's the same so you can go from building to building and only stock so much stuff. And it's better to pay, you know, $600 for a cylindrical lock set that's lifetime guaranteed than from, you know, pay $200 for one that's going to break in a year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, I get that. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. I, I'm like I said, I just, you know, I'm just. If you go to places too, that's the big thing. You're right, Bob. Yeah. Is, you go to places and you talk to the people that right. work there. That's what I'm thinking. And see if, and if they hate their building, that's definitely a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the back of my mind. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> kind of like the chief in his Jessica. Serve the purpose. What is that? Outlive that. Anything else? No, I'm all set. Thank you, Jim. Any anyone else? Any questions? Sure, David. Um, Mike, the contract is lump sum. Is that how do you do that with this type of contract? It seems tough because there's no real defined tight scope. To, is that that they come into you and say, here's a contract based on an assumption of a 12 month construction schedule? Well, they're here for a long time, so they, yeah. in here we put that from the time that we send them a notice to proceed. We've agreed upon a, a fee, we picked them. See, the OPM doesn't go away. They don't ever go away, practically. I mean, they could be here several months after the building's occupied. They're the one group. Um, I mean, we've been lucky in other things. Designers have stayed around. Um, on the high school, the contractor even stayed around. So, like. Three years afterwards, but yeah. these guys just do this, and they know what the square footage, the time frame, um, how many years they're actually going to be with us, and what it's worth for them to you know make a profit and do the job. And they have some, they have some set pieces, yeah, set parameters that they they will do in this. Uh, overages, you know, anything in excess, they have the opportunity to come back. But just so that everybody understands the way the way this works is, we will, as a committee, pick the OPM one, two, and three, as Mike alluded to. But then Jamie, who is the only person that can negotiate contracts for the town of Franklin, he's the one that negotiates uh, the fee with the uh, perspective OPM and at that juncture you figure out whether they're in the ballpark or they're not in the ballpark. Sometimes it's helpful with like two and maybe not as much one. Price down. (laughs) Competition is good, right? Competition is good. Competition is good. Anything else, David? I have one more. Sure, go ahead. Um, Mike, who establishes the, the overall project budget? Do you do that and then have the OPM obviously review and assist you with it? So like stuff that the GC doesn't cover owner costs, like testing, things like that. So that does go into the whole, it, it, it is OPM. It's the cost of FF&E, furnishings, fixtures, equipment. So the bottom line is, Everything, so you come up with an overall project cost that includes the OPM's cost, the architect's cost, the FF&E cost, the uh, like computers and equipment cost. In police and fire, there's a lot of different stuff that costs lots of money that needs to be bought during this project. So when you get to this, when you start, you have all this stuff. That's kind of the way it works. So you get a whole new lease on life. You have a new building, all new stuff in it. Um, you've done everything you need to do. And that's where a project cost, for instance, 
Franklin High School had a project cost of $104 million, which included all the furniture, like all the stuff in every science, every single thing in that building. The actual construction cost was in the 70s. But there's a lot of, that's a big building, but everything, there's a lot of other stuff to get. And public safety has more different stuff than a school does or a senior center does. And so as you work through that, different people, I mean, there's furniture consultants that we've used. Most of them haven't been, you know, absolutely great. Uh, the person who worked in the schools, but the person like who worked on the public library was great. You know, the senior center, they did a great job. You know, a lot of people, um, but that is a specialty. Interiors are a specialty. But you're gonna get into stuff like radio equipment, all these other things that are like, you need very unique things, things, things police to a police station. Yeah. Nobody else has them. But that's kind of what makes it interesting, too, for me. <laughs> for everyone. You learn a lot. <laughs> Anything else? Okay. Kelsey. Yeah, I just had a question on the um, going into the selection process, the extended experience uh, qualifications. So both the extended experience and the extended team, um, when writing like the second bullet point, it's limiting to less than four. I don't know if that, I'm not sure if that's on purpose, because then it would basically state if you, you're kind of limiting, like, I understand, you know, having less than two, but over, you know, over two, but less than three gets you advantageous, but then it reads having three, but less than four gets you highly advantageous, so what if it's over four? I don't know if that's just a mistake or, I would think that it would just be over. Three. Over three. And then no less than four. Like it would just be over three. And it's for both the um, extended experience and the extended team experience. Yeah, that's good. I get. No, yeah. Okay. And to know that there's only, depending on the size of the firm, there's only so many projects that they could have actually done. Yeah. And you're actually looking more for the. Um, not necessarily the projects that the team has done, but the projects, or that the company has done, I say. Right. But the projects, the team you're actually looking to hire that's standing in front of you is, is actually done. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It just, yeah, I think it was just a mistake to have on the second. Yeah, it could. We'll talk about that. <laughs> Anything else, cousin? Anybody, anybody else? Jamie, anything? Other than dates. I know, that, that, that was my no next, way. that's my next. Okay, uh, and having been through a few of these, uh, and I just briefly spoke with uh, Michael and Jamie about this, uh, Putting, putting the dates out here as to how long do we want to put this this request for proposal on the street for where the you know some people say three weeks is the right time four weeks is the right time I think any time over four anything over four it gets a little uh, a little too much uh, but I believe personally that you know we're not in in any time crunch uh, here. So I like the four weeks because I've seen in the past on occasion when, uh, you know, we have an OPM that's looking to bid on the project and he sees a three week time frame and he looks at his workload and sees he's got three others he's got to get in in the next three weeks. So he passes on yours. This at least buys us another week and maybe gets us an, another proposal, maybe to, uh, because we've allotted a little more time for them to put the proposals together uh, and get them to us. So 
you know, unless anybody feels strongly uh, another way, I think that that might be uh, the right direction for us to head. Uh, the other piece is uh, when we hit the street with this, and uh, there's some advertising that has to go on uh, local uh, local paper, local paper advertising that has to happen. So chances are the best we're going to be able to do is get it on the street next week. It would be February first. February first. So if we advertise, so she puts it in the central register and gets an ad out next week. It will. It will run on the seventh or the eighth because you put it in. The Thursday before. Thursday before. Right. So she had would have to get it in next Wednesday or Thursday, the thirty first or the first. And it would run I think it is the seventh. It will run on the seventh. Okay, so then we would run till the seventh of March. You yes. could either yeah. Yeah. To give us to give us four weeks. Yep. We would just have to do, I think, the interviews on March 12th, which is a Tuesday night or afternoon. Okay. In order to not run into the end of the month vacation schedule. Yeah. So if you're okay with that, that's that works. Okay. If you left it for three weeks, it would be back on February 29th, and you'd still have a couple days, but that's really... I don't know. My I just I, I get concerned about the three. I do too. Weeks. It just doesn't give us a lot of time to put a proposal together. And we have to have a listening session, which is Mike's looking at his calendar. I would say like maybe February fifteenth and sixteenth yep. would be the listening session. Do we have to do a site visit at the PD? We could do it at the PD. Do the um, do both. Do both, do both right at, at the, the same PD. time. Okay. And it would be like during the day. Um, right. Maybe. 10 in the morning or something, have a session. We'll all be down there. Um, and that's not, wouldn't, the committees wouldn't be required to be at that, but if you wanted to, you certainly could. Uh, but we just need to coordinate that with the chief to make sure that uh, uh, they don't put us in a cell or something. Open 24-7. So if you did the 15th for the listening session, it's not between 2 and 6 in the morning. <laughs> you could do like 11 a.m. like through however long in the afternoon. Yep. I'm sure the chief could at least reserve the conference space. Just We talked to him a bit. Then we could take him around. And that's real important because they're... They're searching at that point. They want to see, they want to hear some stuff. They want to see what you got. Or see what you got and what you want. And what you want. And it's, and it's funny because, I mean, there's so many people out there and as you go through this interviewing people and who shows up, who they hired recently that has worked for you before. I mean, they're always, everybody out there is kind of, juggling to say, you know, what's going to get me this job? Right. And do I like working for this community? Have I worked for him before? I mean, there's a lot of that. Franklin's a good place for designers and OPMs and contractors to work with because we provide a lot more help. Right. We've been doing it for years, so it's, you know. Repair bills on time. They know they we're really reliable, can. you know. And we've done our share of buildings. We've done our share of buildings. 20 years, for sure. So if you do the listening on the 15th. Listening on the 15th. Close March 7th. Close March 7th. Interviews on the 12th. Does that date work for everybody? Is everybody Just, okay? I'm retired now, so I'm <laughs> 24 7, 365. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike, do we do those interviews? Or, <laughs> Mr. Chairman or Mike, do we do those in the afternoon? Do they take a while? What's that, the interviews? Yeah. 
We, we in the past, uh, I believe we did uh, 45 minutes with 15 minutes uh, uh, in between. Uh, so, you know, we, we allowed an hour for, for each. And sometimes we use the 15 minutes in between just to recap uh, what we saw in the 45 minutes. But uh, I can assure you, having, having done many of these, I can assure you, you know in the, next, in the first five minutes uh, whether it's somebody that uh, you're going to be interested in or not. Sure. It's kind of like an interviewing employee. <laughs> Does anybody have any issues with the dates? And we can fine tune the time uh, for the interviews, whether you know we use five, six, and seven, uh, four, five, and six, or uh, uh, something along that timeline. Late in the day, I would think. Uh, for them up for some of us who still work for a living. Private sector's coming. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you at least latest start at five. Just if you're yeah. doing four interviews at an hour or so apiece. Yeah. You know, that's five to nine. That's a that's a long evening. That's it. It is a long evening. We could start a little earlier too if people want. You know, certainly Yeah try to have some refreshments, we'll try to work some of those details out. But I just think for the committee, just to make sure they block off that that afternoon and evening, just because that'll be, a, that'll be a full afternoon. And then following that, it could take, uh, it could take a month, it could take uh, before negotiations, uh, Jamie gets done uh, negotiating and actually getting a contract. Uh, so, um, you know, we would probably into April before we're looking at having somebody ready, ready to be given a date. Yeah, I would, I would think just because the vacation season and stuff with winter, I'm guessing that it'd probably be towards the middle to end of April. Yep. Probably around April vacation. Is what I would ballpark in my head to hopefully have the contract okay. done in OPM. And then after that, if there's a contract, Mike, right, then we'd be coming back to this group to kick things off, right? Let's yeah, kick off absolutely. There it goes. And then start working. Then it all begins. Then we're looking at a design. Yeah. That's when the funnel really starts. <laughs> That's when I can see people already with their wish list. Yeah, yeah. And, then the and about early, because one thing we don't do, what don't we do, Mike? Change requests. <laughs> we do not do change orders. Actually, um, so on that topic, the wish list, um, does the OPM, just for the group's edification, does the OPM charge the chief and the deputy chief and Officer Rosa and Gary Pre others to develop. Is there any work that they need to do now to prepare they, for they can, the spring? They can, or? they can certainly begin to uh, put together what the what the needs what the needs are, and uh, to a degree, I won't call it a wish list because you know uh, what are the needs of the Franklin Police Department. And they will, the OPM will help us right. develop that needs list. And then we'll work with the architect once the architect's on board. And the architect will help us fine tune that, tell us, well, this station, in this town, we did this uh, rather than that. And those decisions would be made by this committee. So, sure, Chief. Yeah, so what I was going to ask is, like, so how do we, <clears throat> for instance, we're building this for, to last how many years? What's the build-out for the town of Franklin projected to be at that time? Hmm. How many police officers will we have when our population is 45,000 
civilian staff, et cetera. Do you want to build it on a piece of property that's going to allow us to expand, or are we going to build something big enough that might actually have space that is being unused when it's actually done until we actually get to that size due to the population increasing and the call for service well, Things like that that I don't know. I mean, we're going yeah. to planning department. Those, are, for those, those, are, those are very good questions and questions that we need to get that we need to get answers to. Uh, but I do, uh, you know, uh, the existing police station was built in 91. So, uh, you know, 30 years, it probably is five to 10 years beyond its life expectancy. And they didn't plan for that. No. <laughs> and they didn't plan for any part of that because, you know, at the time, and I understand, uh, uh, it, there was a piece of property that was available that wasn't going to cost us any money and uh, decided to put the building on that piece of property and then it's no way to expand and do anything really beyond what's currently there now. I'd even go further. I mean, it was, the concept and everything was done in the late 80s and then yeah. we were the fastest growing town for five years in a row from 91 to 96. I mean, yeah. who could have... Nobody would have predicted. predicted that would no longer be here because they'll be living somewhere a hell of a lot more expensive because exactly. they made a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think to a degree, part of part of the answer you're looking for is what is the build out? Well, you know, uh, what was it? The 2022, there were 10 single family homes built in the town of Franklin, 10. There's not a whole lot of land left. Uh, there's not a whole lot of big prop, uh, big acreage left either. Uh, a couple of the biggest ones the town just purchased, uh, being Maple Hill and uh, Schmidt's Farms. So those are off the coffers. So there's not a whole lot of. I don't see us growing substantially in the next uh, fifteen to twenty years. But I think if you if you're not looking at 20 years out of a building, you're you're not doing the town justice. Uh, you know, you're not doing the residents justice. You have to be looking out that time frame. But what is that number? Uh, you know, we we could uh, get some direction from our administration there as well. Yeah, I think. Um comment I would have is I think Brian and Amy in the planning department will be very helpful, especially when the OPM is here on working, working on quote unquote build out. Um, but I think in the interim, I think, you know, why the three of you are on the committee in particular, as well as Gary, um, is we have public safety needs in this town now. And I think you have a very good vision of what they may be in the next 10, 15, 20 years. I think you probably already know the cells don't conform to A, B, and C code. We all know the locker rooms are a big problem. Um, you know, there's not enough space. Like, I think you guys can generate and begin that list and at least engage the members of the department to ask them what they would be looking for in a police station. In some way, this is a part of the time frame where I, I you know, it's not the wish list, but in some ways, you know, Councilor Chandler was a police department member here for many decades. I think a lot of people in the department have probably a big wish list of ideas that they have, and I think if you can engage those now for several months, you already have a head start. I don't know if I would worry too much about you know 2050 or 2060 yet, because I think while we want to build the building for for a lot longer than this one lasted, the OPM is really going to do a lot of the number crunching on, on our behalf with the planning department about what population projections are going to be. Um, and they'll use assumptions in that, like if zoning changed downtown and you have six stories, what does that mean? Um, the remaining pieces of land that are available in town, you know, how many houses can you do? Our GIS analyst, Kate, will work with people in the OPM to get all that figured out. So, But I think right now is like the fun part. Like, what do you hate about the current building, right? I'm sure everybody has a reaction to that. <laughs> what is the stuff that doesn't comply with what the modern standards are that we hear from um, in, in community policing? When you go to see other buildings, to Councilor DeLoco's point, you're going to go, oh, I really like that. Oh, I hate that. I like the lighting that way. I like, And that's all great. But I think still to start now to, to generate those kind of fun ideas of what you would want, 
you know, there's nothing that stops you from doing that. And then when the OPM gets hired in a couple months, you already have the list of things you hate, things you really need, things you know are out of compliance, the evidence room we fixed, but it's still not really exactly the way we would design it new. Um, and so uh, what do the detectives need? What do they need for gear, space, um, you know, uh, uniforms? I, I don't know. Um, but that's up to all of you. And the OPM is going to come back to you, Chief, and Deputy Chief, and address it and say, you know, you're the experts down there. you got to tell us what you, you know, what you see and what you need for the future. So I, I think that's a fun part right now, uh, you know, and what you can kind of design out. And that will help the OPM in a couple months get started off the right foot. Okay. Yeah, no, we know what we need. <laughs> I just don't know what, you know, I want to make sure that we're not in the same boat as that we're in now. You know, 30 yeah. years down the line. If it's, no, if absolutely. Yeah, not if you're going to say that you want the building for 30 years and that's it, we're tearing it down. Okay. But if it's going to remain, we either have space to be able to either expand or we build it. <laughs> You know, with the best knowledge, best information we can have currently. Absolutely. It's not perfect. We don't know. And, and, and the piece of property that, uh, you know, we're going to have to ultimately find and look for, uh, obviously, those are the kinds of things that will be taken into consideration as we consider different sites. In the parking. Yeah. And you ran out of parking a long time ago. We really need to make sure with some projections that you're not in a bad spot 15 years from now. Yeah. For sure. Oh, when you have all those cars that are driving themselves. <laughs> well, that's not scary. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> well, charging stations, right? Charging I mean, eventually stations. that's where things are going. I mean, that's the stuff that Y'all know in your fields, you're the experts, not me. I mean, those are the things I think you just get, get a, you know, just get a nice list down, talk to the department, talk to the staff. Yeah, and talk, it's, it's a fun part. Other departments, you know, other, you know, other uh, departments that have built yeah. a new station in the last 10 years. What do they like about us? What don't, what did they do wrong? Uh, and that's always a huge help. Uh, as you start to build the, the needs. Okay. Mike, was there anything else you needed from us? Nope. That's it. Just tell that last Sure. Pick everything up. This no, is no, no. It's yeah. more just about the interview. If you guys are intending to do it outside of business hours, just in your interview section, it just says during business hours, just so that they know that if you're going outside. That's all. You make that note, Jamie. I don't see anybody writing. So <laughs> somebody make that note, please. I get it. Okay. <laughs> Amy. Amy had us a better back. Amy, thank you, Amy. <laughs> okay. Any other questions on anything at the moment? Okay. Uh, thank you, one and all. Uh, this will be this at an hour. Uh, we will have meetings that will go much longer. Oh, yes. <laughs> I assure you, uh, as the process starts. Uh, but this is good. I think we're off to a good start. I think we have a good RFP here, ready to hit the streets. And uh, let's cross our fingers and hope we get uh, some really good proposals back. And as they come in, you know, once we get them all, we'll get a copy of them. They get a chance. You get plenty of time to review them before the interview process. Okay, with that, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Non-debatable. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Recording stopped. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. 
For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.